Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. to try to tie the game on the last play of regulation. It's no good! And the Jets fall agonizingly short. In the NFL, man, no matter what your record is, the margin of winning and losing is so small. 10-5! Touchdown! To win the game in overtime! Throws it over the middle. That's intercepted. Into the end zone, and the Jaguars have beaten the Cowboys in overtime. Ramondre Stevenson pitches it backwards. Jacoby Myers spinning around. He throws it to Chandler Jones of midfield. We've seen our fair share of things, but I have not seen that one. Towards the end zone. It's gone. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness, indeed, which is par for the course of the NFL each and every Sunday. It is Keyshawn J. Will and Max presented by Progressive Insurance with Keyshawn Johnson, Courtney Cronin. I'm Freddie Coleman on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. And don't forget about us on ESPN2 and ESPNU. We need some sanity, if we can call it that, <laughs> when it comes to the NFL. And Rex Ryan, ESPN NFL analyst and former NFL head coach, will try to do that because 13 out of 15 games were decided by eight points or less this weekend. Six ended on the final play, including the Patriots, Raiders, and Rex, they're calling this the Sin City Miracle. What oh. are you calling it on that Patriots, what they did in that final play? Well, first off, being a, uh, a known Patriot hater, uh, <laughs> God, I love this. But it was uh, – no, it's just, it's just absolutely crazy. And the fact that this happened to a Bill Belichick coach team, it's just like – because you know Belichick's like, look, we we'll just get down. We're going to go in overtime, and then we're going to do that. Like, that's what he's going to do here. There's no way Belichick's like, okay, let's just go ahead and, and lateral the thing. Play in overtime. That, that's all he's going to do. And it's, the way it ended, I, here's the crazy thing that nobody's going to talk about. The Raiders were actually prepared for this play. And, like, what do you mean they're prepared? Trust me. That's why Chandler Jones is hanging out by the quarterback. Any of those lateral things, you always cover the quarterback because he's the guy that reverses the field. And in this particular play, yeah, you're going to try to get the guy on the ground, no question about it. But why is Chandler Jones hanging back by the quarterback? They're prepared for this. And to me that, you know, the Raiders out-prepared the the Patriots in this situation, it's, it's hilarious and unbelievable at the same time. But Rex, they didn't. This is this wasn't a situational play for them. This no. is something that was improvised. And if the Raiders were prepared for, good for them. I mean, but but I'm telling I you, they were key. No, they're, I'm saying prepared. I'm saying that they were prepared for it. Good for them. But the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick and them didn't call this right. Right. But the defensive side of the ball for the Raiders was like, okay, just in case this is where we're gonna set it up. This is where it's gonna be. I just don't understand why Stevenson 
started the trickle down by throwing it to Jacoby Myers. Now Jacoby Myers completely wet the bed in this situation because he panicked. And then when yeah. he panicked, he just threw the ball across. He never saw Chandler Jones. And now you go and pick six the other way. And I don't. I, I can only imagine if you was on the sideline as a coach, oh, what dude. your head probably would explode. Oh. Yeah, there's no question about it. And you're right. I mean, they, they totally improvise this play. They're going to get down. They're going to go in overtime. Absolutely 100%. There's no chance this was part of the strategy. No chance whatsoever. But the fact that, you know, when Stevenson did pitch the ball out, you know, he, even the presence of mind, like Jacoby Myers is a smart guy. What are you doing, dude? Like, you, you, if he made the mistake, you don't make the mistake of doubling back here, throwing it to back to Mac Jones. This isn't game on the line. We have to score here. The game is tied. You're going to go in overtime with them. I, I, I mean, just it just blows me away. The most mind-boggling thing of all time, and, and the the great thing is it happened to the Patriots. So. <laughs> All right, let's stay in the AFC East. Rex, Zach Wilson gets his job back, at least temporarily, because of that broken rib to Mike White. And he plays okay against Detroit. I mean, it still is another loss for this Jets team. Has Zach Wilson done enough, or will he have body of work-wise, to get his job back? Because I think about what happened yesterday. There was the pick six after halftime. He had a couple nice throws early on, but he was rather pedestrian. Like, does has he done enough to earn his old job back? And on top of that, like, if they keep losing games, do you think that Robert Sala just turns this back over to Zach Wilson to kind of get a better sample size so they know what they're going into 2023 with? Well, first off, I think he's going to end up being the quarterback on Thursday, and so we'll know more about him. Look, Zach Wilson had some had some moments in this game, man. He was throwing up some jump balls, throwing it deep down the field. Uh, Garrett Wilson making some some big plays. And at the time, you're like, man, this guy's done some good things. They moved the pocket with him a little bit, uh, made some uh, throws down the field. And, you know, he looked good. If you're just looking at some of the spurts that he had, he looked really good. Right. But then there's other times, like the interception, absolutely horrendous play, the intentional grounding that he takes there that we showed uh, earlier. You know, he's he's got to grow from these things. And and the competitiveness. Now, look, guys, this guy has a fourth and 19 and hits the hits it, mm-hmm. stays alive and hits it. So there were some positive things. From a competitive standpoint, there was a lot of positive things. Um, so he's going to get another opportunity on Thursday, in my opinion. I don't think Mike White will be back for that one with broken ribs. And so we'll see how he does against Jacksonville. And, and to me, it, you're right. I think going into the season, we wanted to see the Jets flip their defense – which they did. They have now one of the best defenses in the league, and you wanted to get an accurate evaluation on your quarterback. Your quarterback is Zach Wilson. It's not Mike White. So to me, that's that's certainly on the table to see this kid finish the season. Yeah, and, and if he, whether he finished the season tonight, Rex, he's going to be in a quarterback sort of competition next offseason into training camp, headed into the season, whether they re-sign Mike White or bring somebody else in. Whatever the case is, it won't be you have your job back, you're the guy in 2023, just because of what happened several weeks ago and how certain people within the organization or even on the team, the sidelines, you can look at them side-eyeing him. You can tell that they're not you know, in love with him, so to speak. They're kind of like, we can live with you or live without you. So he's got a lot to prove between the end of this season and the start of next season. 
Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you, Key. And, and you're not just going to put all your eggs in that Zach Wilson basket. There's no chance of that. And, you know, but he's got a chance to win back the locker room and then with his play to come back and say, okay, we actually have something here. I mean, he, he throws for over 300 yards in this game. Um, you know, so like I say, there were some positives. You know, D- Detroit's not a, not a slouch of a team by any stretch. So, uh, you know, We'll see what happens. But you're right, Key. You're not going to invest a second overall pick and not give this guy another opportunity to either succeed or fail. Rex Ryan, ESPN NFL analyst and noted Patriot hater here on Keyshawn J. with Max and ESPN Radio at ESPNU. A lot of people hating on Dak Prescott with the turnovers, including two interceptions yesterday, Rex. When I say concern in Dak's turnovers, what do you say? Well, I, I get where people are coming from, and if you're just looking on paper – you can say, well, Dak threw two, you know, two interceptions. He threw one interception. The kid should have caught the ball late in the game. True. So, I, I mean, I'm not that, you know, the one interception obviously was bad on the overthrow here. But other than that, look, Dak Prescott's far from being the, the, the reason this team's struggling. What happened to your vaunted defense? They gave up over 500 yards to Jacksonville, almost 200 yards rushing on the ground. They act like... You know, they're the 85 Bears on defense. They're not even close. They can't hold that team's jock. Right. And that's the bigger issue here. Be the team you're supposed to be, not just be – you know, that team's soft. They show up on in this moment. Uh, you've got Micah Parsons, their best player, talking about, well, next week when we play the Eagles. It, the game doesn't even matter next week because you couldn't take handle your business against Jacksonville. And that's the thing. This team is who they are. They they over we, we overvalue this football team. We we you know we talk about Dan Quinn like he's the next Buddy Ryan as a defensive coach. He's not close. <laughs> you've got you've got Kellen Moore. You, everybody raised about him. We got everything is hey these guys are phenomenal. No, they're not. Just because they have a star in their helmet, they, this team is up and down. And it, it's to me they, they don't have that killer instinct to put teams away. And and we're gonna trust this team in the playoffs. I'm not. Yeah. Hey, Rex, always appreciate the time. Hey, have a great holiday as well, my friend, and take care and be well, partner. All right, He's not even Rex Ryan, let alone Buddy Ryan. (laughs) Dang right. You're right. He might not even be Rob Ryan. (laughs) Rob's like, wait, what did I do? (laughs) (laughs) Why are you dragging me into this? Thanks, bro. (laughs) Thanks, Rex. All right, my pleasure, guys. Oh, great stuff by Rex Ryan, ESPN NFL analyst, joining us here in Keyshawn, J. Will and Max with Keyshawn Johnson, Courtney Cronin. I'm Freddie Coleman. And Keyshawn's going to explain why the word typical and Bill Belichick team can't go in the same sentence anymore. That's next on ESPN Radio and ESPNU. Listen to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max live everywhere you are. Download the ESPN app. Tap the More tab on the bottom right. Scroll down and tap Live Radio. ESPN Radio, everywhere you are. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. 
You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Oh, the observation is always good when it comes to Keyshawn Johnson. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio. Thanks to Geico. Switch to Geico today and see the ways you could save. It's time for Key to have his observations. And when he's done, we'll let Courtney and Freddie maybe dissect it and dilute it a little bit. So, Key, hit it, my friend. Are we starting at one or five because I was goofing around in the break. So We're starting at one. Okay. Number one. See, there you All go. All right, number one, Tom Brady. Tom Brady probably needs to, at the end of the year, you know what I'm saying, by the time he gets to that second-to-last game, the wave, the soft wave, the tip of the hat, letting everybody know this is it, you know, put up the number one finger, walk off, cry, you know, give a little tears to somebody on the sideline, you know, something, because he needs to retire, man. I understand. We, we, we hate to talk negative about Tom Brady because it's the great one, right? He's seven Super Bowls. You know, I've been to 10 of them. What have you done? I get all of that. But right now in his playing career, man, it's just it's, – it's, it's a sad-looking thing right now from what I remember Tom Brady as at the quarterback spot. Number two. Number two, Jalen Hurts. One game closer to locking up the MVP. I know he threw two interceptions early, three rushing touchdowns on the ground, and Patrick Mahomes is right there too, James. Don't say anything. But Jalen Hurts is (laughs) one step closer. On Christmas Eve, it's like the national championship game in college football. It's like the Super Bowl. Everybody's going to be watching the Dallas Cowboys, the Philadelphia Eagles, and if he goes out there and he does what I think he's going to do, he's going to lock that thing up. The MVP trophy will go to him. Number three. Yesterday, the Las Vegas Raiders, the New England Patriots. Now, I've watched New England all year long, and I know Bill Belichick, and I know his teams very, very well. This year is not the typical Bill Belichick team. Some of the char- the, the mistakes that they make, some of the things that they've been doing, the quarterback play, the coaching decisions on the offensive side of the ball, things that they've been doing is certainly not a Bill Belichick coach team. You look at that yesterday and the mistakes that was made, starting with Stevenson and Jacoby Meyer. Jacoby Meyer, ex-quarterback, completed a pass to Chandler Jones for a touchdown. How does that sound? They on two different teams. Not good. <laughs> number four. Minnesota Vikings. People are bagging on the Minnesota Vikings, which sit in the number two spot in the NFC conference looking to try to figure out how to get to the number one spot, but sitting at two, they're sitting pretty. You are what your records say you are. I, I understand. 
we like San Francisco better. We might like the Cowboys better. Hell, we might even like the Commanders better than the Minnesota Vikings. But the Minnesota Vikings are sitting number two. And the record says different than what people out there are doing. They erased the whatever it was, 30-something point deficit. They erased it, came back, and got the Indianapolis Colts and Jeff Saturday. They came back and got them. So I know going into the playoffs, we all probably think they're going to be one and done. But just think about this for a minute. The Minnesota Vikings can wind up in the damn Super Bowl. Ugh. What if what if Philly loses, Dallas lose, and then they get somebody like San Francisco or Green Bay, goes into Minnesota? You just don't know how this thing is going to shake out before we all of a sudden say Minnesota is not a very good football team. We know their defense isn't good, but the weird things do happen in professional sports, and this could be a weird one. Number five. Speaking of weird, the Detroit Lions are – Scratching mm-hmm. on the door of mm-hmm. making the playoffs? Mm-hmm. That's a little weird, wouldn't you say, Courtney? Yeah, I mean, think absolutely. about it. They could be a scary football team if they got into the playoffs because they're unpredictable. You don't know. You know you're going to get something on the ground in the running game, and Jared Goff is playing lights-out football right now. But you really don't know what you might get from a defensive side of the ball with Aaron Glenn and his staff. You have no idea. Dan Campbell and him, they, the fighting Campbells is what I like to call them. The fighting Dan Campbells are scratching on an opportunity to get into the playoffs. So that's my top five key observations from this weekend. I know I probably lost or or missed some stuff along the way. I didn't add the Dolphins in there. I know people want to hear me bag on the Dolphins who played (laughs) decent in the snow. They played decent. I liked your point on the Lions and – the way that I've thought about this and just how they got here, because we all try to figure out what was the moment that things changed, because things did not start out this good for them, even though I think it was week two, they had that win over Washington, and you're kind of wondering, huh, what group is this, and which group is going to show up on a week-to-week basis? Philly gets a ton of credit for the way that they constructed that roster around Jalen Hurts and just how deliberate they were, especially building the offensive line, making sure they went out and got receivers for Hurts to throw to, and certainly, you know, retooling everything on the defense and making sure that you have a rotation of eight, nine guys on the defensive line. I think that I think that you can honestly throw Detroit into that same category when you look at the way that they've constructed this team. And defensively, I mean, spending so much draft capital, Aiden Hutchinson, Josh Peshaw, Kirby Joseph, I mean, those three picks right there and guys who are making an impact on this team so far this season, they're dangerous. And I honestly think if you're looking at this week 18 I think that they could win out. I know that that's kind of a controversial thing when you think about the Detroit Lions getting themselves into the postseason by way of winning their last three games, but I don't think it's impossible. And had it not been for Minnesota locking up the NFC North this past weekend, it took them, you know, coming back from a 33-point deficit at halftime to beat a 4-8-1 and team. Things would be a lot more interesting in that division, but it's going to be Minnesota and Detroit coming out of the NFC North, in my opinion, by the time this is all said and done, and they'll probably end up getting the seventh seed. And think about this with the Detroit Lions. If they had not let Minnesota get away in week three. In the the earlier meeting, yeah. They they had that game won, and they let them get away, and the Vikings win at 28-24. According to your point, they're at Carolina, home versus the Bears. Than at the Green Bay Packers, and when it That's comes, that's a to, winnable slate. It can, they can com- com- completely win out and finish at ten and seven. The team that they're not going to catch in that division, Minnesota Vikings. I hear what Key's trying to do. I'm not biting the cheese when it comes to the Vikings. I know strange things happen in the playoffs. I get it, but if they don't get there, you won't be able to blame Kirk Cousins. 
you'll have to blame the defense because he's not the problem. There's no doubt about that. I, I did not think I would say that about Kirk Cousins in any kind of situation. But he's dialed it up, and not just the last couple of weeks. But that leaky defense, key to yeah. me, if they don't get to the Super Bowl, it won't be because of Captain Kirk. It'll oh, be no. because that defense is playing less than stellar. No, you, you, you're right, Freddie, but okay. And, and James is going to reach through the TV and choke me out here. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because the Kansas City Chiefs two years ago when they went to the Super Bowl, that defense was garbage, okay? But they got to the Super Bowl with the offense. And all I'm saying is when you look up, weird things happen where all of a sudden we're all on Philadelphia. And whoever Philadelphia gets comes in and they pop them. And everybody's like, oh, my God, they wasn't ready because the layoff, because the bye. They, they locked it up, Courtney, with two games to go and they rested their players. Then they got the bye. So they're off three weeks, basically, before they play again. You know, all that kind of weird stuff that goes on come playoff time. Then you look up and the Dallas Cowboys are doing exactly what everybody thought. They Dallas Cowboying it, right? <laughs> and then you, you, you start to say, okay, is there a path for the Minnesota Vikings, even though we don't trust their defense, to get to the Super Bowl? Well, here it is. Now they're the one seed, right? And now all of a sudden – they get the New York Giants, so they get some team that we don't feel good about, and then they in the NFC Championship game, and then all of a sudden they win that, and then they're in Arizona, and we'll be sitting back going, "Damn, their defense did their defense stepped up at the right time." That's all I'm saying. I don't do I believe it? No. Am I going to put my house on it? No. I'm not betting my life on it. Not a chance. The problem for this for me with this team is like I was trying to you know conceptualize and take everything into account from what happened in this week 15 game against the Colts. It's impressive, but it's alarming. It's impressive that you can come back from a 33 point deficit at halftime. It's never been done before. So, I mean, the fact that they did that, the largest comeback in NFL history, you only do that if you have a talented team. And I think we very clearly saw the talent gap between a team like the Indianapolis Colts and the Minnesota Vikings. But the fact is, Freddie, they've, outscored opponents Mm -hmm. by two whole points this year. That's really bad. And defensively, the last couple weeks, people have been clamoring for Ed Donatel to make some sort of adjustments, and you didn't really see any of that. Even in this game, that was going into a game in a stretch where they were giving up 400 yards per game, like big chunk plays. Their pass defense has struggled. And I thought it was kind of interesting where Patrick Peterson was in the locker room at halftime, and he said, we're going to go get stops. We need you as the offense to go and score five touchdowns. And, of course, like some guys in the locker room, I think it was even Kirk Cousins said, yeah, I wasn't sure like to take that seriously or mm-hmm. not, if that was like a hyperbolic statement, because you've got to think about what they did. They were down 29 points with 23 minutes left in regulation. And that was the five touchdown drives that Patrick Peterson said they had to go out and do. They averaged two minutes in three seconds on each touchdown drive. To think about, like, no huddle offenses, for example, and just thinking about, you know, the quick game, that takes it to a different level. So, yeah, to Key's point, the defense, if it can finally get its act together on a consistent basis, you'll be in a spot where you don't have to rely on the offense to go out and do that. Like, the five times, five times they had to go basically hurry-up mode, two-minute offense, just to be able to get back into this game. 
that's impressive, but it's alarming that it constantly gets here with the Minnesota Vikings. And that's why I think people look at their 11-3 and record. Vegas thinks that they're fraudulent. Um, you know, a bunch of different uh, st- statistical entities can prove that. But I think that they have – it's impressive if you're able to find ways to do this on a consistent basis with 10-year wins coming down to one-possession games. You don't get there based on luck and luck alone. Yeah, I but think, think about a lot it, of that think has about to come it. to the talent, get the talent uh, that they have on offense to be able to get back into games that they were out of. Think about it, though. Who, on, who in the NFC outside of Philadelphia offensively? And I know what happened with the Cowboys. I get it. But outside of Philadelphia and NFC – who should they really be afraid of? San Francisco. San Francisco. But do, or should they really be afraid of San Francisco? Yeah, because or are we or are we putting a lot on San Francisco because of their defense? Because Brock Purdy obviously is playing good enough where we're like, okay, they don't need Jimmy G. But what if they all of a sudden get a hold of that all that defense and they start scoring points on that defense? Can San Francisco score the same rate that? Minnesota can score at. I trust that defense. Those bloodthirsty pirates over there and Kyle Shanahan, the way that he coaches. I'm not saying Brock Purdy is going to continue to do this. We don't know. That's the unknown factor. But I trust that defense that anybody they play, you're not getting a lot of yards against that defense. I trust that defense. Yeah, and I trust Brock Purdy against the Vikings defense right now, if I'm being sure. completely honest with you. But we also think- talk about but we also talk about five weeks, six weeks from now, right? Oh no, we're we not get, talking we about get tomorrow. It. No, no, we get all of that. I'm just going I'm I don't use past events to tell me what's can happen and what can happen in the present and in the future. But there's certain things I looked at that are trending that I say, okay, that's a team you should fear and that's a team you should worry about. To me, that 49ers team peaking at the right time on defense and getting healthier. And the more they get comfortable with Brock Purdy, I mean, they were so comfortable with him when he came in for Jimmy Garoppolo. They didn't throw the ball 37 times in that ball game. So if that's not a comfort level with a guy that was the final pick in the NFL draft, they have more, more of a comfort level with Brock Purdy in one minute than the Jets had in a year and a half with Zach Wilson. That tells me all I need to know about Brock Purdy yeah, in San and, Francisco. And to that point, Freddie, if Kyle Shanahan isn't worried about it, should the rest of us be? I mean, you've got no, him. I like Brock put, Purdy. You've I got like him, him putting Brock Purdy in situations where he can let it rip. I mean, think about what they did against Tampa. They go up 28-0 to at halftime because he has that faith in Brock Purdy. So I guess we should be falling in line with that, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. great. To know. Well, Keyshawn's not falling in line with it, but we'll shall see. No, Keisha. no, 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 that's not true. I'm just, I'm just trying to figure out how Minnesota can get a path. I'm all, I'm, just, I'm all I'm, on San Francisco uh, yeah. and Brock Pretty, yeah. not Purdy. Pretty. <laughs> I'm just teasing you, Keyshawn Johnson, Courtney Cronin, Freddie Coleman, and Keyshawn J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio and ESPNU. What's more concerning? It should be more concerning to Dallas: the turnovers by the quarterback or the lack of turnovers generated by their defense. Shotgun for Prescott. Fires middle of the field. It is picked up by Rayshon Jenkins. Guy makes a great catch right there above the ground and ends the game. You, you can just feel the game the way it was going. How good is that? <laughs> Didn't I tell you? On Keyshawn, J. Will and Max. On ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series X and Channel 8, and ESPNU presented by Progressive Insurance with Courtney Cronin and Keyshawn Johnson. I'm Freddie Coleman. Let's wish a Merry Christmas to Dan Orlovsky, ESPN NFL analyst, a great follow on Twitter at Dan Orlovsky7. Brother Dan, we're going to start with this question. What up? What's more concerning to you? Dak's turnovers with the most in the NFL, the eight games he's been back with, 10 of those eight games, or the Jaguars hanging a 40 burger on Dallas after being down 27 to 10? Oh, oh, oh. Uh, 
I'd say Dak and the turnovers you, you, that that they've consistently happened, that they're happening in what feels like um, moments moments of panic with the football, which is again so abnormal for Dak Prescott. And the reason why I have said over this like five or six week stretch that the turnovers concern me is because of that very specific reason. Now, everyone has come back and went, Dan, you didn't say last year. You said last year that you weren't concerned about the turnovers for Matthew Stafford because of when they happened and and how they happened. Like, Stafford would throw an interception last year on third and 19. He would throw the ball 60 yards downfield and it would be picked off. Everyone would be like, oh, my goodness. Well, there's no impact on that one. Um, The second interception yesterday is not on Dak. It's it's a good play by him. Noah Brown's got to catch that football. He made a bunch of big plays yesterday. The the reason why I give the the Cowboys defense a little bit of a break is the injuries are real, and they've started to pile up. I I said when their nickel went out, that was going to be a big deal. When Anthony Brown, their corner opposite Trayvon, went out, that was going to be a big deal. Um, So I think because of those injuries, you give them a little bit grace. I will say this, though, and – this is going to be a hot take. and oh I think they're great young players. Great young players. When was the last time we raved post-game about a Trayvon Diggs and or a Micah Parsons? Okay. It, it just, it's not happening right now for neither of, neither of those guys right now. All of us people who watch these games are walking away from the game going, oh my gosh, because here's the reality. I watched Thibodeau last night, dominated. I watched Aiden Hutchinson yesterday, dominated. I watched um, uh, Bosa the other day, dominated. It's, uh, for some reason, the Cowboys need those two young players to absolutely own the game. And right now, we're not talking about either of those guys that much. Yeah, and I don't want to talk about the shirt you're wearing either, but I'm going to leave that alone. What's wrong I lost shirt? my tie, Key. Yeah, something ain't right. It my don't t- look right. I, from my walk over, I lost my tie. It doesn't look right. I gotta go on TV. Wait, how like do you this lose today, your but... tie in the walkover? What were you mugged on the walkover for a tie? Right. What? You know, you know what this walk is at five o'clock in the morning. That's when you, true. When you hit that waterfront, you're like, yeah. oh my god. You're mm-hmm. just I'm sure there, to get inside. I'm sure there's yeah. some uh, some ties laying around. But look, you know, <laughs> it's a good idea. You know, Dan, the interceptions are alarming, and I'm glad that you pointed out the Noah Brown. He, Dak put it where he needed to put it. He yeah. protected him from the squatting corner. And all he, Noah Brown, instead of fading away from the football, go attack the football and not catch it with right. your forearms, catch it with your damn hands. That's what you get paid to do. <laughs> when you look at the Chicago <laughs> game yesterday, is there any concern at all about the way the Eagles have played, yeah. played yesterday against Chicago? Heck yeah, Key. I love the fact that you brought that up. Uh, so real quick, on uh, before I answer that question. I think the reality is Trevor Lawrence is good enough for Jacksonville to be a legit Super Bowl contender next year. And I think Justin Fields is so good that if Chicago's general manager, Ryan Poles, is good, I think they could be a Super Bowl contender in 2024. He's that impressive of a player. Now, to the Eagles. Here's my concern about the Eagles, Key, because this is like the third or fourth time this year where I've watched the game and then rewatched the game and said they just try and chase big plays on offense too much. And it's not only the fact of, well, they they threw the ball so much, it's how they're throwing the ball. It's let's just drop back and throw it downfield a ton. Now, did Jalen make some awesome throws? I think there's two or three. One to Devontae down the sideline and one to A.J. Brown. Perfect go-routes. 
but I felt like he threw eight or nine go balls yesterday instead of working in more intermediate games, slants. AJ so good crossing the middle of the field, and the stat line looks awesome. You know, 300. Yeah, watch the game. There's such a chase of big plays that they get into that mode, and if they don't hit them, they become stagnant. They don't play to their strengths. It's too taxing for an offense that is built to be ball control, methodical, and do whatever I want. And I don't like when they do that. And if they do that this week versus Dallas, and everyone says, well, Dan, they're not going to do in the playoffs. How do you know? How do you know that they're not? I don't know that Nick Sirianni's not going to do that in the playoffs. And that is me nitpicking. Absolutely. That's my job right now is to nitpick these teams. Okay, so let's nitpick the MVP race, Stan. Jalen Hurts did throw two interceptions yesterday, but he also passed for 300 yards and ran three touchdowns in in Chicago. Has your thoughts on the MVP changed, given what we saw from both Hurts and Mahomes and maybe even Joe Burrow entering Mm -hmm. the conversation week 15? Yeah, so I feel for about six weeks now, it's been that group of four that we see on the screen right now. Hurts, Mahomes, Allen, and Burrow. Um, Mahomes is still one. I think that Tua as well as he played this past week, probably gets into the top five, but he's not cracking that four. Um, I would probably place coming off of this past weekend Josh Allen above um, Hurts right now because of the impact of the game, um, how well Josh played. I think he's back in there. It's that group of, I think Patrick sits at the top right now, and someone's going to have to go take it from Patrick, or he's going to have to play very poorly. Now, Jalen's got a massive game this weekend. I kind of correlated it, Courtney, to like the Heisman moments. You know, he's got a huge, huge opportunity in stage this weekend. Uh, but Joe Burrow's going to have one coming as well. Um, Patrick's at the top, but it's Joe, Jalen, and Josh chasing Patrick. See, I, I think hmm. Patrick is I think Jalen is slightly above Patrick. But Patrick is there. All Patrick got to do is continue to play solid and wait for Jalen to stumble. And as soon as that, he jumps and leapfrog him. See, I, I felt J- like Jalen stumbled a little bit, little bit yesterday, Kate. Yeah, but he bow- only only reason why he stumbled is now. I remind you, uh, uh, Dan, you're looking at film. The people that's doing these votes, they ain't looking, looking at, at nine yep. go routes. They nope. looking at the stat line. No, I feel you. They, they, yeah. So the two interceptions, they're gonna look at that, but then they also gonna look at the three TDs and the victory. Yeah. So what I was gonna say is, I think he's a little above Patrick. Patrick just keeps doing what he's doing and wait for Jalen to stumble against, like, Dallas or something. Then he's going to leapfrog him again. Yeah. Josh Allen, on the other hand, he played great against the Miami Dolphins. He's done well. He's done fine. But I think early season, late fourth quarter, game-closing moments kind of hurt him. And I know coming into the year it was everybody's favorite, everybody's favorite. But I think right now it's a two-horse race. I think that two-horse race is between Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes, however you want to flip it. And Joe Burrow's trying to make some noise, but he's so far behind that he'll never leapfrog them to be able to catch him. I don't think Joe's that far behind. I mean, Joe is on an absolute heat missile, heat streak, heat seeking missile streak. Yeah, you you, you, heat, what? Heat, what? you, you said it right. What? <laughs> heat seeking missile. What? I mean, just, but look, the reason I say he's so far behind is because you need both of them to stumble, and he needs to continue to just but take that, off. But they need, they, but the moments will be there. That's my thing. Like that, he's gonna Jalen. Jalen's MVP case is mm-hmm. going to either be kind of entrenched coming off of coming going into Christmas morning, or he'll be out of the race. 
Okay. If we put it this way. There's still a lot to do, even though the NFL season is getting shorter. No doubt. And shorter. Go find a tie, man. Yeah. I was going to say this thing. Good luck finding a tie, Dan. Yeah, because you look like a the, creep. The, yeah, the last thing you need to be is on. There's a bunch of extra clothing in that closet. Yeah. 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 I don't yeah. like the way you look, Dan. Bro, first of all, I don't like the way your face looks. Second of all, you got a full zip up. And, Freddie, you're wearing a hoodie. Y'all telling me to wear a tie. Well, look at it this way. We're not going to be on first take it's getting caught by Stephen I, I, A. Look, if we don't have a tie. If you didn't have a tie on, it's fine. I it's lost the collar. It's the. It's just the shirt. Yeah. It's something about the shirt. I, I don't do mind this? the shirt, Dan. I, 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 Does I, this look better, Key? Does it? Yeah. You need, so is the yeah, that looks like a little better. That, that looks yeah, better. Yeah, yeah, that looks yeah. better. Yeah, the tie, the tie right now. Is, someone's got a free tie. Yeah. Keyshawn, you don't have any of your your um, at the palatial Prada ties here. Does Prada make ties? <laughs> yes, Prada makes ties, and no, I don't wear Prada. That, 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 Sorry. That's enough, Dan. Beat it. We'll see you later, brother. <laughs> Tom Ford. <laughs> Dan Olasky. Oh, how did you get those headsets around those ears? Oh, <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Dan Olasky just getting the business from all of hey, us. Yo. Wow. I don't like your face. Yeah, Get him, Dan. Get him. Cut his mic off. <laughs> yeah, we will. Later, Dan. Dan Olasky, ESPN football analyst. Hit him on Twitter, Dan Olasky7. Joining us here, Keyshawn, J. Will and Max with Courtney Cronin and Keyshawn Johnson. I'm Freddie Coleman. Dan Olasky gave his case for Patrick Mahomes as MVP. But what about this guy that many people thought was going to be the MVP when the season got started? From your radio to your smart speaker and phone. Now playing ESPN Radio. Or watch on ESPN2. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max. Live weekday morning starting at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN2. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. 
Dawson Knox with the touchdown. He played a heck of a game tonight. I love throwing it to him. Bring on the snow. It's snowing hard now. A great atmosphere, great environment tonight in Orchard Park. Fires into the end zone. It is caught. Then you had the reprimand of the fans for throwing the snowballs on the field. I was just more concerned with the safety and those ice balls flying at people's heads. Obviously the greatest home advantage, I think, throughout the NFL. Welcome to the show that does not put raisins in a potato salad. It's Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max with Keyshawn Johnson, Courtney Cronin. I'm Freddie Coleman on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, SiriusXM XM Channel 80. And don't forget about us on ESPN, you and ESPN too. So when did the Heisman Trophy situation take over the MVP race? Apparently for more than a minute. We had Darren Olofsky, ESPN NFL analyst, on about five minutes ago. And he says, here's a guy that people are not talking about that should be right behind Jalen Hurts in the MVP race, and he's Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills. I would probably place coming off of this past weekend Josh Allen above Hurts right now because of the impact of the game, how well Josh played. I think he's back in there. It's that group of, I think Patrick sits at the top right now, and someone's going to have to go take it from Patrick, or he's going to have to play very poorly. Now, Jalen's got a massive game this weekend. I kind of correlated it, Courtney, to like the Heisman moments. You know, he's got a huge, huge opportunity in stage this weekend, but Joe Burrow's going to have one coming as well. Patrick's at the top, but it's Joe, Jalen, and Josh chasing Patrick. What I See, don't I would, understand I would flip about it. that, man, like, why, just, we were just, like, looking at the odds on, on, the, on the screen. Like, Hertz is still number one odds. Like, why is everybody, yeah, like, take a look at that. He's minus 145 to win this award key. Like, I still don't understand why people have Patrick Mahomes over him, just from even, like, that standpoint. Well, I think Patrick Mahomes has a little bit of, you know, it's Patrick. So, he got a little snack, crackle, pop, and he's somewhat – you know, 145 to 170 is not a big gap. So he's kind of right there with them. He's just waiting for Jalen Hurts to stumble. So if Jalen Hurts stumbled against Chicago, but he he rebounded with the three touchdowns in the victory, the two interceptions, let's say he had the two picks, he only scored one touchdown and they lost, then he would be in trouble. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he got the three on the ground, he won the game, they got the number one seed, he stays right where he's at. So all Patrick doing is waiting for him to stumble. If he stumbles against the Cowboys, Patrick will leapfrog him, and then it'll be over with. As far as Josh Allen goes, I get it. He was the hype machine coming into the season, but the late game interceptions earlier to the mid part of the year, I think hurt him a little bit, and then they lost to Minnesota, so that dropped a little bit, even though it wasn't his fault, but he did snap, lose the snap at the goal line. So a lot of that has people going, eh, and the Bills aren't the juggernaut I think people thought they were. Joe Burrow comes in, he's red hot right now. But the other two guys, in my opinion, are so far out in front of him that it's hard for three to catch one. Okay. Three might catch two, but three's not catching one. Even if he goes on a tear – the next three weeks because most people's minds are made up before the end of the season anyway. That, that's fair, Keyshawn. Here's something else with Patrick Mahomes. He's always going to suffer from the same thing that anybody who gets to a certain level, people start having Patrick Mahomes fatigue. Shaq went through it when he was the MVP and Michael Jordan, people like that. People want to see somebody else. But when you see that somebody else, then he wants to see somebody else again. And I think but, he's that's only, what, but he's only got one. I understand that. One's better than zero. But when, he, when you're that great all the time, people pick holes in your game. Jalen Hurts is on the come up, so people want to see if he can actually do it. Josh Allen, we've known him for more than a little bit. But all that hype machine, 
That's what I don't like about voting like this, Courtney and Key, when they try to make it a Heisman moment. It, the MVP is for the regular season, not for the regular week. And plenty of people lose sight of that. And Key, to your point, I wonder how many people already either cast a vote for Jalen, cast a vote for Josh, and cast a vote for Patrick, and then not worry about the rest of the season. Then that's not what the voting is supposed to be. Well, Courtney, you have your, your the way you guys do it, um, the pool that you have. Mm-hmm. Explain to us how you guys do it week to week. Is it week to week? or No, it's every four weeks. And what we, we use a Heisman-esque voting process, 10 to 1. So 10, whoever gets you know, your, your first place votes, they get 10. So last week when we did it, going into week 15, Mahomes had nine first place votes. Hertz had five first place votes of our 14 panel. And I picked, I picked, Jalen Hurts as the MVP last week and obviously that can change but you know he would still be my MVP after this week like it's his to lose at this point and we'll find out for sure next Sunday is he carrying MVP momentum into Christmas Day coming off of that game against the Cowboys or will it be Patrick Mahomes to run away with at that point cool question for you guys on the betting on the betting standpoint Mm -hmm. does Jalen Hurts come into the Dallas Cowboy game with a Christmas theme suit on color scheme something like, like green that. and red something I hope like not, that what's, he what's did the that bet? against washington and they lost true oh jalen jalen's gonna keep it <laughs> jalen's going back home to his state of texas he's gonna keep it business Ooh. casual mark my words when it i comes bet you he i bet you he comes in looking like santa helper well well dak needs santa's helper to win that game that's next from your radio to your smart speaker and phone now playing espn Radio or watch on espn2 Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Live weekday morning starting at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN2.